Thank you for listening to The New Norm. I'm Frank Caramano. It's obviously still the middle, well, now we're, what, June 1st. So we are actually two months, less than two months from training camp. And uh, we're currently in the middle of the OTAs. The Eagles had their first official off-season practice today. Um, What news came from it? Well, uh, let's see here. You're not going to get much news in terms of who's exceeding expectations, who's playing well, because think about it like this. Let, let's just put yourself in this position. You're, you're not tackling to the ground. You know what I mean? Like There is a way for a lot of players to look a lot better than maybe uh, they should look. And what I mean by that is... Um, it's really easy to excel when, you know, the pressure's not turned up, when you're not in your full gear, obviously. Doesn't mean you can't impress, like Jalen Carter busting a sled. That's pretty impressive. That's powerful. You know what I mean? You can't fake power. Um, Sidney Brown, his effort on the field, his tenacity, you know, going 110%. You can't fake that. I mean, that there's... There's been a lot of good signs. You know, I heard Jason Kelsey, he was on Chris Long's podcast, and he said that Tyler Steen reminds him of Brandon Brooks. That is, by the way, one of the single highest compliments you could give a player. Um, Again, I don't know if Steen's going to be the right guard to start the season. It looks like he's possibly going to, well, he's definitely going to get the the first chance at it, but um, I'm still leaning towards Driscoll because he has the playing experience, but... Man, Steen, if he's getting compared to Brandon Brooks by possibly one of our greatest offensive linemen of all time, um, clearly he's doing some things to make himself noticed. But that's pretty much it. It's what's going on. I mean, I know DeAndre Hopkins, the question has come up this week if the Eagles should make a move on him. And let me just tell you this. Everybody knows, if you've been listening to my show for the last couple months, that I am a major advocate of the Eagles addressing the wide receiver position because I am petrified if A.J. Brown or Devontae Smith have to miss any time whatsoever. It is scary behind them. And I don't mean that in like a way where it's like, to brush it off. No, I'm being honest. Like If Devontae Smith or A.J. Brown have to miss any time, the, the Eagles are absolutely screwed. It is what it is. You could tell them, you know, Dallas got... Go back to 2021, and look what happened when Jalen Rager had to play every snap on the outside. Devontae Smith and and Dallas Goddard did everything they could. Jalen Hurts did everything he could. It just ain't going to work. Now, yes, if this happened this season, clearly Jalen Hurts is a much better player. That's not even debatable. Um, It wouldn't be what it was in 2021, clearly. I, I mean, he would be able to overcome a lot of it, but... Look at Dak Prescott this year. You know what I mean? Like the interceptions, he he never turned the ball over a lot. But when you only have really one viable wide receiver, the the NFL is hard. Spoiler. These defenses are excellent. I mean, these are excellent players. You know what I mean? If if you don't show them threats at every position and they could cherry pick, 
it's just so much easier for these defensive coordinators, these defenses in general. They know how to make you throw it where you want, where they want you to throw it. And again, you start forcing the issue when things aren't working the way you want, and you start turning the ball over. So, if DeAndre Hopkins, he's going to want money. Spoiler: He's thirty years old only. I don't think the Eagles are giving out big money. I'm just going to say this: If he was sitting there, and he makes it a priority, he wants to play for a winner. Which, by the way, I'm sure he is. He has kind of made that a priority. <laughs> this guy is, it's not going to be all well. The Eagles are the, the, he has to go there. Like, what do you think, the Chiefs won't take him? What do you think, the Bills? Like, come on now. All these teams that are close would take this guy in a heartbeat. So, as much as we'd all love to get DeAndre Hopkins, and I would. I'm, I'm stick my hand right up because, I mean, again, I don't, I know that everybody thinks it would ruin what you have with AJ and Devontae. And I understand that to an extent, but I sit back and I go, if something happened, it's the ultimate insurance policy. And that's really what matters most because you're only as good as the next guy up. But that's pretty much it with transactional news, team news. Um, This week we were going to do top 10 running backs. Let's do top 10 running backs. Um, We'll talk top 10 running backs. We'll go into a little NBA finals talk after. Like I said, we're spreading the love for these next couple weeks. Going to talk about other sports. Because um, it's just, like I said, there's, you know, in years past, you could try to find things. You could, There's really not much that you can go into in football. Because, like, yeah, I mean, I could go over each position battle, sure, and we're going to discuss them. But it doesn't matter. It, it's June. You know what I mean? Like, if I'm telling you about a position battle, you want to see it playing out. Like, yeah, I can tell you something on June 1st. And what am I going to be, that guy in August where I go, hey, I pointed at this. I said that. Like, yeah, cool. Congratulations. It's two months ago. People aren't going to remember what I said. So it's like it's better to do it when it's actually happening because then I can give you my insights onto why I think X player should play over this player or this player over this player. Top 10 running backs. We've talked enough. So let's pull up 2022's top 10 running backs. Um, and again, I never look back. I don't want to. I, again, I feel like if you look back, it forces you to potentially have some type of bias, but thankfully for the notes app, I'm able to go right back to seeing it and, uh, wow. Okay. So (laughs) 10, I had Aaron Jones and Saquon Barkley or Saquon Barkley. And I mean, Jones didn't really, I mean, I know he didn't have a big time year this year, but he didn't really fall off and Barkley clearly improved. Nine, I had Joe Mixon. Eight, Alvin Kamara. Seven, Javante Williams. Six, Najee Harris. Five, Christian McCaffrey. Four, Dalvin Cook. Three, Nick Chubb. Two, Jonathan Taylor. And one, Derek Henry. I do have a spoiler. I know it's a lot different. Um, ironically, at 10, I have another tie. And it's a three-way tie. <laughs> this time it's Javante Williams, uh, Dalvin Cook, and Najee Harris. <laughs> I-, I love Najee Harris. I'm not going to completely crap out on Najee Harris. I know a lot of people are a little down on him. Their offense line was abysmal, the Steelers, last year. That's why they went out and they signed Isaac Simalo, Nate Herbig. You know what I mean? Like, they draft. Roderick Jones, they clearly recognized that their offense line was an issue. 
I think once they start getting some protection up there, not just for their quarterback, but for their running back, Najee Harris is going to be a really good player. Javante Williams, I think, is an excellent running back. He's for Denver. He just got hurt last season. And Dalvin Cook, same thing. Um, but those were my guys that tied a 10. Now, here's a spoiler. I don't have Bijan Robinson or Jameer Gibbs in this list. And the reason not, because like I said, with the quarterbacks, yeah, I could think Bijan. Do I think Bijan Robinson, talent-wise, is a top 10 running back? Without any question or doubt, I'm telling you, he is an absolute grand slam player. He's going to be an excellent running back, but he's got to prove it first before he can get in the top 10. I think that's foolish if you put a rookie out there. Um, ninth is a guy who actually did prove he could play. He, he got hurt as well. Very small sample size, but anybody who watched the Jets last year knows Brees Hall is really good. And nine might be too low. If he didn't get hurt, Brees Hall might be top five, but I have him at nine. Now eight, this guy was number one last year. And it's not because, oh, he's fallen off. I mean, to an extent, a little bit, yeah, but Houston, or, uh, Tennessee had a lot of problems, and they're changing their philosophy. Um, there was talk of him being traded. He still may get traded, but I have Derrick Henry at eight. Uh, seven, I did put Saquon Barkley. I mean, clearly, he was improved last season. The Giants were much improved in main part, or in large part, due to Saquon Barkley. Now, six, this guy's a newcomer on the list. Um... <laughs> Guy in our division, unfortunately, and for a team that we all despise, but Tony Pollard is six. I know he got hurt at the end of the season last year, but Tony Pollard was, you know, he was a big deal for the Cowboys last year. You know, we could point the finger at Dak with his turnovers for them. You know, Elliott, they let him go because Tony Pollard showed up. Like, he is a problem. He's, he's an excellent football player. Five. Now, this is where it starts getting fun. Who are the front five running backs, in my opinion? Fifth, I went with Austin Eckler. I mean, he's a do-it-all for the Chargers guy. He's really a receiving threat. He's more of a receiving threat than he is maybe a potential between-the-tackles runner. Doesn't take away from his, you know, greatness at the position. I mean, the guy's a great player. I don't care if you... To me, you don't have to hand the ball off to make somebody a great running back. He's dynamic in the pass game. That's a weapon. That's a skill. Fourth, this guy was, you know, written off. Wasn't in any top tens. Uh, only led the league in rushing last year. That's Josh Jacobs. I mean, there, there was talk about, you know, the Raiders are going to move on from him, all this stuff. And he goes out and he leads the league in rushing. Three, I have Jonathan Taylor still at three. Here's why. I know he was hurt last year. That Colts team was abysmal. They were a problem to begin with. Um, they had no quarterback play whatsoever. I think Jonathan Taylor is still like, he's an excellent running back. Uh, I mean, if he's one of those guys where if they, if they really wanted to buy low on a guy, like buy low on, or yeah, buy low on Jonathan Taylor because you're going to get your monies back because uh, I expect him to have a very big bounce back season. Number two, I went with Nick Chubb. I love Nick Chubb. I think that guy runs violent. Um, He's an excellent player. Uh, again, his team sucked. So again, it doesn't really help him much. But Nick Chubb is everything you want in a running back. I mean, this guy is a bulldozer and then some. But the number one running back in the league, it's it's without a doubt. It's Christian McCaffrey. He regains the number one spot. Two years of injury with Carolina. You're thinking, oh, is it over for Christian McCaffrey? Goes to San Francisco and you know how I knew he was number one? It was the NFC Championship game when Purdy gets hurt. You know, Josh Johnson's in the game. 
and you're still worried that like the 49ers down to their fourth quarterback, right? And I'm sitting there going, it's a close game still. And again, this was in the second quarter, but I'm still sitting there going, this is a tough, tough, tough test still. Because Christian McCaffrey is that damn good for the 49ers. And that's a running back. And I know people devalue that position so much, but it was like, I was, and again, they scored their one touchdown in the game, but it was early in the second quarter or in the middle of the second quarter. And it was on the back of Christian McCaffrey. The play he made to score that touchdown, it's like, yo, I mean, he's excellent. He's an incredible player. I mean, that was a great trade for the 49ers. He's in the perfect system now, and it helps. Like, a lot of times with running backs, and I know this is, like, not breaking news by any means, but if they don't have the right scheme and offensive line in front of them, nobody excels. You know what I mean? Like, you're just not going to excel. In the NFL, it's just, it is what it is. It's the ultimate team sport. That's why, you know what I mean? Like, that's why everybody gets all mad when your team picks guys in the trenches. <laughs> because you can't quantify uh, a right guard. You can't quantify a defensive tackle so much, right? Yeah, your sacks, like, I guess on defensive line a little bit more so than offensive line. But you can definitely not quantify an offensive lineman. But you could do it, to be honest. You know how you quantify an offensive lineman? Look at your running back stats. Look at your quarterback's stats. That's how you quantify them. That's how important they are. And you saw what McCaffrey was like, oh man, he might not be, he might be done with Carroll. And then all of a sudden he goes to a team that's set to win. And look what happens. All of a sudden he's the best running back in the league again. It's funny how that works. But that is my current top 10 running backs. Next week, we will do top 10 Wide receivers. No, no, we'll do top 10 tight ends. We'll save receivers. We'll go a little bit later with receivers. We'll do top 10 tight ends next week. But, you know, I'm trying to think. Should we do both maybe? Uh, you know, usually I do offense lines as a unit. So let's just, let's have a live, you know, brainstorming session here. Um it's June 1st, right? You got about seven weeks till training camp. So seven weeks, right? Do we have seven more things we can rank? Let's just think about it, right? You got tight ends, that's one. Wide receivers, offensive line. Um, defensive ends, defensive tackles. I think you could do those in the same episode. So that'd be four. Uh, linebackers. Corners. Safeties. Special teams. So that's nine right there. That's nine things that you could do. So really, we got to try to fit this into seven weeks. And I've already combined defensive ends and defensive tackles. I would think you could do linebackers and safeties together. That's fine. And then we'll do tight ends and wide receivers next week. Yeah, I think that's fair. We'll do tight ends and wide receivers next Man, do you want to do offensive line and tight ends? Yeah, we'll do offensive line and tight ends next week. How about that? We'll give wide receivers their own thing. Um, yeah, so we'll do offensive line and tight ends next week. But like I said, let's talk about the NBA Finals. And I want to talk about the NBA Finals quick because I want to talk about what led to the NBA Finals, and that was the Miami Heat defeat in the Boston Celtics in Game 7. Celtics came back from 3-0, made it game, uh, you know, forced Game 7. And let me ask you this. I know um, I have a bunch of uh, friends, my father included, that are Celtics fans. 
And we talked about Tatum last week, about how his floor is so low. Now, giving again, I'm not giving him a pass. He played the whole game. 20 seconds in the game, yeah, he rolled his ankle. I understand that. He had 14 points. Another concern for the Celtics, though, is Jalen Brown can't dribble. Like, this guy can't dribble the basketball. In that game, I have never seen an NBA player turn the ball over more dribbling the ball than Jalen Brown did in that game. Like, Google it, whatever you got to do. There's there's definitely videos out there on Jalen Brown just turning the ball over and giving Miami easy points. He couldn't dribble the basketball. Jimmy Butler picked him three times doing something that we all did in like middle school where you would let the guy get in front of you a little bit and then you just swipe the ball out from behind him. Like the oldest trick in the book. This guy can't dribble. He wants $260 million? I look at it like this if you're a Celtics fan. I ask you this. You've been to a finals. I get it. You've been to the conference finals like five times now with Tatum. Like you're clearly a really good team. And spoiler, yeah, if they win that game, you know, you go and win the championship. I get it. When you're close, you don't want to really shake it up. But here's my thing with the Celtics. I think they benefit a lot right now from the NBA just not having... I don't want to say, like... Again, clear. I'm glad. You don't want super teams. I think they'll suck, just as a spoiler. But there's just not a team like the Warriors, like early in the mid-2015, 2016 area, where you know they, dra- they nailed the draft. Like the, the Thunder, when they nailed Durant, Harden, and Westbrook in three straight drafts. You know, like... There's no team that's just built it where you're like, yo, they're they're going to be an issue. Like the the Celtics technically, I guess, are the closest, right? With Brown and Tatum, and yeah. Smart. Like that, they're all homegrown guys. But at this point, you got to sit there if you're a Celtics fan and just go. It is like we they got this thing handed to them. Like this should have been the Celtics year to go to the finals. And again, playing a team like Denver potentially in the finals, like th- this was a year for the Celtics to cash the chips in. And they just didn't do it. And to lose to the Heat, I mean, I know that last year they played the Heat really well, but it's like the Miami Heat were five minutes away from losing the Chicago Bulls in the play-in game with Tyler Hero playing. And they couldn't beat the Miami Heat. They barely beat the Atlanta Hawks. And DeJounte Murray missed a couple games in that series. They barely beat the Philadelphia 76ers. So it's like, I look at it and I go, they could have went out in round one, the Celtics and I get yeah to but they definitely could have went out to the Sixers. They did go out to the Heat. If I'm them, I am trying every part I can to trade Jalen Brown. Get your like again. If you could convince Portland to somehow get you Damian Lillard in a Jalen Brown trade, you run and say yes. The goal isn't to be this for the next ten years, right? You want to win. Like I tell everybody, the, the Lakers, when they made the, the LeBron, traded all that, st- like when he got there and they traded all that, you know, every player for Anthony Davis, the Julius Randles, the Lonzo Balls, the, you know, Josh Hartz, Kyle Kuzma, all like all these moves they made. Spoiler. The moves they made, like the Randle, the Ball um, trade that went to uh, 
and Josh Hart that got them Anthony Davis, it was a great trade. They won the championship in 2020. I get it was the COVID year. I understand that. But they won the title. It was worth it. Like, you know what I mean? The Lakers could fall off the map right now. It was worth it. They won the title. I don't see a scenario in which the Celtics do the same. And I'm a believer that you have to eventually just try some new. And you got to throw some darts and hope some stick. But the Nuggets are taking care of business tonight. Looks like they're going to go up 1-0. I mean, Miami's in a tough spot. This game was always going to be probably a game where they got kind of the doors blown off. One, the altitude's different. And two, coming off a seven-game series, a war with the with the you know the Celtics, an almost epic collapse. This game had Denver by a lot written all over it from the beginning. And you hate to punt a game, but I mean, that's kind of what happened here. But that is it for this week. Next week, we'll talk more sports. We'll have a lot more talk on the finals. We'll start talking some golf. I know the U.S. Open's coming up. I like golf. Maybe we'll talk some pro wrestling. I'm going to start including some more stuff, especially at the end. So if you don't want to listen to it, just turn it off when I'm done doing my lists or whatever. But uh, we're closing in on some training. Hey, you never know. Maybe we'll have some news. Maybe the Eagles will make an addition here. Maybe somebody on the offense line. Maybe somebody at wide receiver. But until then, I want everybody out there to stay safe, stay healthy, stay educated. And as always, go Eagles. Go.